It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. All right, guys, let's try that again. All right, welcome into week five of the Sharp Bite. I'm Sleeves, he's Grizz, and we are going to break down the week. Well, a couple weeks that was. We've got some big things to get into, Grizz, in a, in a pretty lengthy show. So let's just kick things off with two of the big esports finals had taken place for the North American side of things. Uh, break down what happened and uh, you know how it, how it went. Yeah, so let's work into the Caps Gaming Showcase first and foremost. That was a four to two victory in that in that series between Scary Hours and Olympia. So Olympia dropping their second final of the year after having lost the uh, CBJ Gaming Next Gen Open in the finals as well. So uh, for Olympia, two second place finishes up to that point in time. And Scary Hours looked very good on their run. They had to take down uh, some good opponents in both Olympia and they also took down IGT and looked like a fearsome, fearsome squad in this tournament, winning that $7,500 first prize. And that was definitely a very good finals to watch. Please. What do you think about scary hours? I mean, they look dominant. I think that probably the more impressed or more, more shocking thing was uh, kind of how Olympia looked. Uh, usually they have been dominant. Well, they've really been dominant. We talked about this ad nauseum over the last 16 months or really two years. Uh, Olympia pretty much winning everything last year, but uh, things did not look smooth. They did not feel in control in a lot of those games. And with the cameras on, it definitely seemed that, that they did not have that chemistry, at least that night, whereas Scary Hours was able to fight back. And again, they were just always hanging around. Uh, Sitful played phenomenal uh, in that series as well. And yeah, Olympia just not able to get it done, but then followed it up right, right uh, a few days later in against Prodigy. And man, that was a phenomenal, well, that was a shocking series in my opinion. Yeah, so looking at the IGT Circuit Championship Series, of course, the top eight opponents qualifying for the championship circuit. And round one, we had Prodigy taking on Scary Hours. And Prodigy made Scary Hours look how Olympia looked against Scary Hours in the finals the week prior. So it's really a tribute to how Prodigy was able to knock Scary Hours off their game. And they had one of the best runs that I've seen, taking down Scary Hours in a series three to one then sweeping Eclipse three to nothing, and then taking down Olympia, who was making their third straight finals appearance on Next Gen and taking them down in another three to one series. So Prodigy, I mean, we've talked about a lot about Prodigy finally getting that win on Xbox, and it's kind of come full circle for them after having been swept in the first round of Sharks season one when they made their, their debut as an official esports team. No, absolutely. I think that Prodigy really leveled up. I mean, they were all they were always going into this year uh, considered among one of the best teams, but now they are one of the best teams. There isn't really an argument to it anymore. As you see the roster there, Polgs, Geimer, Cad, uh, Desi, Bush is a starter with Vane and Net. Uh, and yeah, like you had mentioned, that first round against Scary Hours, there was no, you know... The, with with the how Scary Hours beat Olympia in the Caps final, I think that they were definitely the underdogs going into that. 
Um, and they made them again, same situation. They just did not make let scary hours look comfortable. Like in that series at all, they just did not feel in control at any point. Um, and anytime that prodigy looked like they might bend, they didn't break this time. And that's what really impressed me, uh, over this, over this run that they had. And then again, against eclipse, uh, same situation, like prodigy just looked like world beaters in that event. And they played three of the best teams in North America. And then again, in Olympia, in the finals, I don't know if it's the roster changes. Obviously, Odie, again, is one of the best defensemen in the game. Just did not look settled. The roster did not look cohesive. And uh, Prodigy just did a phenomenal job. I think that Geimer stepped up huge. I thought he was definitely going to be their weak spot. And he really wasn't. I think that Desi had a much harder time with Gabzi, who was really their only effective player uh, in that series for Olympia. So... Um, just a, a great job by Prodigy all the way around. But yeah, I think there's definitely, well, we're going to talk about it. There is going to be some changes, I think, um, to Olympia as they just, um, well, they're still among one of the best, but it, it reminds me of before Olympia won their first championship, they kept getting to the finals, but just could not win. And it seems like the momentum of last year has kind of run its course. And now it's like, man, are they going to win again? Because they keep getting to the finals, but they just can't seem to get it done anymore. Do you agree? Yeah, and, you know, three second place finishes, I definitely think that they're still top dog. I mean, just because they didn't win doesn't mean they, they haven't been in no. it. But but it's not to take anything away from Prodigy either because Prodigy was able to beat three top five teams in a row without going to a game five. And I think that really speaks volumes to how their team has come uh, full circle. I was very critical about Prodigy's ability to play defense at times. I was also critical about Boosh's offensive ability at times, but Boosh proved me wrong definitely by scoring every big goal in that series uh, throughout the entire circuit as well. I mean, Boosh has really cemented himself up in that top at top echelon, excuse me, of centers and not just offensively, but two way. He was very important in taking away the center of the ice against all of these world-class teams. No, I agree. I think that he, it's funny. Cause I, I remember we were doing the first round against scary hours and I had mentioned, like, I want to see something from Bush and he had a four goal game in their elimination game. And it, we kind of thought that after they went up two Oh, lost game three, it's like, all right, here we go again. Can prodigy fight the nerves, not be nervous again. I talked about Geimer. I think that he was the weak link going into it. Just could he break the puck out under pressure, things like that. And he played phenomenal. Like he, he was absolutely nuts. Uh, in that series, especially against Olympia, like the left side of the ice just was not able to do anything. Now that also has to do something with Polgs on that side, whereas Cad really isn't defensively oriented. So Desi pretty much had to defend Gabsy by himself, and that's never going to be easy considering Gabsy's one of the best, uh, one of the best players uh, in North America for sure. So uh, just a, a great job all the way around by them, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how prodigy and olympia do in the sharks pacific cup now they're among the top i guess we can talk about the standings a little bit going into week five as olympia is sitting in second igt uh rattling off just an insane insane run so far they're in first place by three points with eight games to go uh, then you got Olympia in second, scary hours in third, and then you see Prodigy right there. So they've really carried the 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 wins into the Shark Pacific Cup, and it's going to be interesting to see how Prodigy does going into the start of the playoffs. Yeah, and again, looking at this this uh, standings here, you obviously have IGT in first place. But what strikes me about Olympia? Look at that goal differential: one hundred and twenty eight goals for fifty four against. And to remind you guys. 
with the new format in Sharks this year, you can only play teams eight seeds above or below you. So if you're in that top five, top eight all season long, you are always playing top opponents every single week. And to have the schedule that they've had and have the success that they've had with that goal differential, I mean, they're they're still top dogs at the moment. And again, you know, three second place finishes in a row, not to take anything away from them. I still think they're the favorites. And, you know, maybe if they lose this one again, maybe then they're no longer the, the overall favorite, but it's still hard to take anything away from this team. But as you mentioned, maybe some roster changes as Gabzi will not be able to play if Olympia is to make a deep playoff run, finally uh, taking off and, and going into his military adventure. So they'll be losing Gabsy through this tournament. And it's very hard to replace someone with that caliber. And I know that I, I often call him a, a push-up warrior where, you know, Gilly kind of does all the work in the corner and then finds McFlurry. McFlurry taps it over to Gabsy. But Gabsy, you know, still a world-class player, able to get break-ins and make offense happen. So losing a, a key piece like that, will that knock Olympia off the mountain? Well, I mean, dude, in that final against Prodigy, Gabsy was the only player on Olympia that looked like had that had any sort of success with the puck. Like, like I mentioned, the whole left side of the ice with Gilly and, and Odie just was completely locked down in that series against against Prodigy. And yeah, you're right, Gabsy was just absolutely nuts. He, his ability to just uh, hit the line with speed—it's so hard to defend him, and he does it so well. So. That's definitely going to be a huge loss. And uh, with how they've played in the finals and big moments so far this year since their roster changes, uh, pretty crazy. You were telling me uh, before we started a uh, pretty interesting stat uh, in regards to prior teammates or a prior teammate at Olympia. You want to give us that one? Yeah. So looking at the finals appearances that Olympia's had since uh, 2020, dating back to when they were the underdogs, they're 0 and 5 in championships without rocks but five and one with rocks. And I mean, that is just absolutely striking as rocks, not one of the, the premier players on that roster and, and not to take anything away from rocks, but you talk about players like Gilly, like McFlurry, you know, world-class all-stars and as, as good as rocks is definitely was, was one of those players that kind of took a, a step back in that Olympia lineup. So to be Owen five without him and five and one with him, that is certainly telling. Bo Jackson of esports, man. The Bo Jackson of sports, uh, sports games is Rux, and yeah, just uh, that's a crazy stat to me because you wouldn't think, it, you know, it, it didn't really seem like they'd lost a beat at all. And I mean, here we are, two, two, two tournaments down and two second place finishes, and then now we're gonna they're gonna lose Gabs near the end. So, did you have any confirmation of who's gonna replace him? Have you heard about that or no? Uh, well, looking at the roster, I believe they have Karma on their roster at the moment. Uh, Tris, if you could bring up the Olympia roster once more. Yeah, so they do have Karma, but also they could bring up somebody that is not currently on a roster. I don't know who that would be or what their plan is. Obviously, we'll have to see if Gabsy does actually leave first. So until we get to that point, we won't really know for sure. Um, sure. So we'll definitely have to kind of wait and see. But I definitely want to go into some other teams here and just looking at Clown Academy. Clown Academy in the top 10, they have been dying for respect in this tournament. And something I keep telling teams is, you know, respect is earned. It's not given just because of a couple regular season wins, but they do deserve credit for sweeping uh, Eclipse this week. However, they did call a forfeit as soon as they were allowed to call it. Um, so they, they definitely got a, a little bit of a leg up on that forfeit. And then they were able to knock them off the second game they played uh, in a three to two win. I believe that Eclipse blew with uh Blew a lead in the third in that game. However, Clown Academy did fight Dumoulin in the game, taking Dumoulin off the ice for five minutes. What do you think about fighting in esports? I, uh, 
in this game it puts cpus on the ice and that just simply i think is against what like you know what i mean like that kind of tarnishes like what like 6v6 right because the thing about 6v6 is that it's you know as many you want to have a human controlled player in every single position right so anytime that they take one off not a fan of that at all like uh you know i I think that it's fine in the game like the real thing uh just in in esports i can't really be done because you know then you've got a cpu there and it's just not not what we're trying to do here so um, but yeah, I mean, like, let's go down through the standings a little bit and talk about some other teams that we were highlighting earlier on. Uh, you still see plot twist. We had talked about them the first like three episodes uh, we called them up. They were called their games the first night. They're still in 17th with eight games to go, uh, but only five points up on a playoff spot. I think what a lot of people miss or don't realize is how many points separate like the bottom 10 mm-hmm. or four, like 30, 33 to 45 is very, very close to all the way up to 20th essentially. So, um, let's take a look at some of the teams that are no longer in a playoff spot going into the final week and, uh, Highlanders, uh, having a tough week, you know, uh, it, we, we harp on Danks maybe a little too much. I find it hilarious, but nonetheless, Highlanders should not be out of a playoff spot at this point in the season. No. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we have a video to show you guys, Tris, if you want to pull this video up as Dangs found a way to blow a six to one lead in one period as we'll take a look here sleeves you want to bring us through what's happening yeah it's 6-1 with about a minute to go in the second here and now it's eight minutes to go 6-3 also great edit job uh i believe neither was the one on that here yeah, was him again for the video immediately it's 6-4 now this is all in the span of a minute in game time and now it's 6-5 like that 6-2 to 6-5 happened in about a minute and uh, this might be one of the worst collapses in an esports event game ever. Uh, I don't know. I mean, definitely the ones that one of I've ever seen. It is now. This is regulation, guys. So it is now six six in regulation. And I mean, that's something else. That's that just cannot happen. And let me preface with this, sleeves. It is not all on Danks. This is a team collapse. You do not blow a lead like that with just one player. That that certainly is not the case. Uh, Fricks did not have a good night. He hasn't had a good season. Uh, he hasn't had a good NHL 22. Um, so Fricks, I do love you, but it's been tough on you for the time being. So now Highlanders, enter Bob Jones. So what do you think about the addition? Does Is Jones what this team needs to secure a playoff spot coming into the last week? I, I mean, like, their team is so good that, like, as long as they get some saves, you know what I mean? Like, they scored six in that game. Let's not yeah. forget and, dis- yeah, exactly. and discredit that. Like, they scored six goals in the game. Uh, and, you know, you have to win games that you score that. So, if Bob Jones can come in, it's been a couple years since he was, like, I think truly elite. But he is still a, a great goaltender in this game. So, we'll see. It can't be worse. I'll say that. It can't be worse. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and like, there's three points out of a playoff spot with a with eight games to go. So, I mean, you know, you got a potential, what, 24 points? Yeah. Yeah, I, and- I think the Highlanders will be fine because they'll get some favorable matchups here as well. They have played some of the teams around them already. So that should be beneficial to them as they should. You, you got you to think they should get some favorable matchups here in week five. What are some other teams maybe just on the cusp of, of being in a playoff spot or being just outside that kind of surprise you or you think you have a real shot of sticking and making the playoffs? Well, Anaheim Ducks gaming in 29th place. And 
we keep talking about it all season. Will they figure it out? They've lost three straight and we're still kind of waiting for them to figure it out. And definitely surprised. Delusions is a team that has started to figure it out as they start to move up in the standings a little bit. True North has had a fall from grace after appearing inside the top 10. I believe they were even almost top five as well. So a ton of shifting throughout these uh, throughout the regular season. And then just kind of looking at some other teams that I'm definitely surprised at. Uh, the hands team, we've seen them make playoffs. Highlanders, Gabagoons, the Helmet Boys, and Tropics, all teams that are not, you know, that, that are usually are in playoff spots, at least around the cusp of making it. So definitely surprised to see all of those teams down there. But as you said, these teams are very, very close. This last week is going to be an absolute ride because you look at the point totals, Delusions in 24th place with 55 points. And five points separating all the way down to 41st point, uh, 40, 41st place. Excuse me. So to look at the standings and five points separating them and each win being worth three, each regulation win, excuse me, being worth three, there's a lot of points still up for grabs. And I have no idea who's a lock or who isn't outside of that top five, top ten. No, I agree. And I think it, I think the schedule when we uh, when we pull it here, uh definitely gonna be interesting for some teams. I mean even the teams that are doing pretty well. So let's say True North, right? They've got 56 points. That's only four points up on a playoff spot, and they have a shot to get two really hard matchups. Right. Um. So because they are so high, so we are really going to find out if they deserve to be there. They played great so far, um, but we'll see if they have the uh, ability to stick. Uh, same with Plot Twist. Um, I think that something to pay attention to with the Anaheim Ducks gaming, they lost three in a row. But prior to that, I mean, you know, the, the three in a row, they were much higher because they had they were able to get rattle off some wins here. So it looks like they figured things out, stumbled here. But again, I think that that their roster and, and talent combined with probably easier matchups here should allow them to get into the uh, into the playoffs. But yeah, Highlanders is definitely one. Um, I. It would be mind blowing if they did not make the playoffs. And there, again, there is one more ahead. thing I want to mention before we do move on. I just didn't want you to move on before I got to mention it. Uh, Monarchs having a big storyline as well because Psych, one of the captains on this team, has been benched in favor of Heber halfway through this tournament. What do you think of a move like that, benching someone that has been on this team for a long time? dating back to their days as LFG and now making that switch mid tournament. I mean, we're not hearing what's going on, right? So clearly like it's not working. And if something like that's happening then that's kind of a team decision, right? So right. if they feel like that's going to allow them to win a little bit more, uh, maybe something happened, you know, the comms were not hot, but they've done great in week four. I mean, you can see it there. Uh, they did, they did great in week four and we'll see if that change kind of fixes everything you see starstruck in 20th uh they finally well they they look to figure it out but in the last 10 games only five four and two so they're another interesting team that i think if they make the playoffs um which i would assume they would although again they're only five points up on a spot i don't think the way the format will go anyone's gonna pick them so right. same thing with anaheim ducks gaming uh guys if you don't know the playoff format what's gonna happen is basically one through four 15 is going to be able to select their opponent. Um, obviously then, you know, 15 and 16 are, are they're kind of just given their opponent, but, um, what, so that, with that being said, if you finish in the bottom or you don't, you finish outside of a position to actually make your pick, no one, I don't think anyone is going to pick, uh, and on ducks game early on at least. So they've just got to make sure they get in good on New Jersey. Uh, the New Jersey devils gaming as well, uh, currently in 26 spots. So, uh, that's nice to see, to see, uh, one of my favorite mascots in the biz, uh, doing really well with his squad. So 
Uh, but I think the boys are ready for the schedule for the schedule. You know, I think we're uh, I think we're were we ready for it, Tris? All right, we are just gonna take a quick break, guys, to hear from our sponsor, WD Black. We'll be right back, and then we are gonna run the schedule and find out your uh, week five opponents. All right, guys, welcome back to week five of the Shark Bite. Now it is time to find out our week eight opponents and matchups. So go ahead, Tris. Let's run the schedule and see who the boys are playing in the final week of the regular season here. We are going to, this is going to determine some playoff spots. So I'm excited to see how this goes. All right, running it right I'll now, take guys. Take a look. And... and it's running. All right, it's running. Here we go. So IGT is going to be matched up with number nine next up in their matchup. Olympia will play Clown Academy, so someone you mentioned, they are going to have a tough couple of games there. Yep. Uh, you've got Scary Hours in Red Light, another tough matchup there. Red Light's been phenomenal, though. They have been very good. We uh, we are definitely humbled by uh, the chat, um, you know, letting us know that they are a very, very good team. Prodigy going up against Monarchs, who we just discussed, so we'll see if Monarchs' lineup change can handle Prodigy. Composure and Unknown Talent. You see Instinct against Evolutional. Oh, that'll be, be... South Central, yep. Yep, and then you've got Red Light and Scary Hours we talked about, so these are the matchups. And we've got Eclipse and Insult to Injury. So again, guys, you can't play anyone inside your the eight that you played. So that's why some of these top teams that have been playing some of the you know top five consensus teams uh, are going to have a hard go. We've got Unknown uh, Talents as Evolution. We'll go down here. Splice is going to play Alliance. So Splice um, is a team that, that definitely... They were on my kind of uh, dark horse radar, not a team that you would expect to be in the top 15, in my opinion. So now taking on Alliance, they can better their position. But then if they do that, they may have a very tough last night of the regular season. But nonetheless, you want to get points whenever you can. So shout out to Splice because they've, they've definitely been a team that's impressed me in this tournament. No, absolutely. You got force force control going up against plot twist. So that'll be a good matchup. It's not like it's a world beater team for plot twist as they've just played uh, phenomenal teams at the start of their run so far. So we've got one unit and Greek democracy are very close, uh, very, very close in the standing. So if one of those can sweep. They pretty, I mean, they can almost lock up a playoff spot. We we'll see momentum going up against uh, New Jersey devils gaming starstruck and no expectations. Got catch twenty two and vigilance. Vigilance did come off of uh, qualifying for uh, the uh, Isles, the IGT circuit, so a good a good showing by them. As we go down a little bit further, we've got Delusions uh, taking on. Is that versatility? Yep. Yep. They are in thirtieth currently. Greek Democracy in one unit. We'll keep going to and on Ducks Gaming and Tropics, which is a pretty decent matchup. That is a decent matchup. That that is probably harder than what they wanted you know yeah. again they're late in the year you would think that you'd have an easier matchup because they haven't performed well and that's probably one of their toughest i'm curious to see who uh who highlanders play this so let's scroll down a little bit and uh, meme machine tropics we've got trying to get down to highlanders here and the helmet boys will wow. take on highlanders and again okay that's, that's not a gimme that is no. not a gimme by any means 
As, but, you know, the addition of Bob Jones should give them the edge in a series like that. But, I mean, it's do or die week five. You have to get points. And, yeah, you know, it, it, that's a tough draw for being out of a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, it's, it's, that is not one of the easier matchups in the in the possibility that they had here. So then as we go down a little bit more, we've got Paranormal and the Dang Wicked. says I hate those idiots. <laughs> well, Danks is not happy with them, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see. The, the Highlanders have got a sweep. I mean, they, the hands team and CBJ Gaming, that's a good matchup. Yeah, that is also a very good matchup. Yeah, CBJ right now currently six points out of a spot, so they've really got to go three and one more than likely. So uh, some interesting matchups there. Uh, do we have one more set to pull? Yes, we do. All right, let's go ahead and pull that second one and uh, see who we get in their second matchup of that night. As Ailes says, watch our next one be Anaheim. Okay, something to talk about right, uh, real quick. Uh, the Islanders have played everybody between two and nine. So wow. I to expand the search to nine. It's played the ninth place team. It's played the tenth place team. It's played the eleventh place team. They wow. now got so, matched up with the twelfth place. Yeah. Team. So something to take note of, guys. Yeah, the Isles have had such a hard run the first four weeks of the season that they are going to play number 12 in their second matchup because they played everyone in their range and just outside of it. So that's why you're going to see that. So Isles going to take on Monarchs and props to the Isles because they are humming along here again, having probably the hardest schedule to start this event and in first place. So that's brutal for Monarchs though. And sleeves don't forget that they've also played starstruck and plot twist outside of that top 12. So it's really incredible at the run that they've had, probably one of the hardest runs of a regular season team, probably dating back to uh, resilience in the first Sharks Pacific Cup. No, absolutely. Go down. We'll see. Olympia is going to take on next. Letnow says this isn't ideal for Monarchs. <laughs> uh, we've got we've got Olympia against next up Scary Hours and Prodigy. So okay. a rematch from the IGT circuit round number one. That's going to be a fun series as those are two playoff teams and two top 10 teams more than likely. Composure is going to take on Evolutional currently in 13th. Instinct and Clown Academy. Red Light will get insult to injury. So a little bit easier matchup in their second one. Uh, and then we've got... Sorry, go ahead. Clown Academy is taking on Instinct and Olympia. So again, once you get into that top 10, it's time to play the big boys. They played Eclipse and IGT last week, and it gets harder this week. No, it is going to be very difficult. You see Eclipse with Force Control. Uh, Force Control has got a couple of decent matchups as well going into that one. So uh, Unknown Talent, who um, have hung around the top 10 all season long, uh, they look to play plot twist. And again, for plot twist, that's not, uh, you know, that's not, uh, you know, a daunting matchup that they could have had, but the plot twist had such a hard start to their season as well, that if they can split that, that would go a long way. And again, they might be able to choose an opponent, maybe a late pick, but they might be able to get into that top 15. Right. And that's what you're really looking for is, you know, can you get into that pick your opponent slot? Like you said, the top 15, that's the golden tip. Well, I guess if you're 15, your, your matchups kind of decided, yeah. but you know, you, you definitely want to get as high as you can to, to have a better option to pick from. As, as you mentioned, Starstruck in 20th, who's going to pick them? You know, that, that's going to come down to one of those final teams. So uh, definitely could be an upset alert for round one based on standing position alone, not on actual team depth and team quality. But let's yeah, keep going you, here. Yeah, you definitely want to be inside the top 10. Splice is taking on momentum in the second game. Uh, we've seen plot twist. One unit going to take on Alliance. Starstruck's next game is New Jersey Devils. Uh, New Jersey Devils gaming. Well, that's a really tough matchup for 
um, for the Devils there. But uh, we're going to see if they are a playoff team for sure. Um, if they can steal one against Starstruck, that'd be huge. Um, go to True North. Who is True North taking on? Versatility. And Delusions against Vigilance. So Vigilance has another a pretty tough matchup. matchup. Yeah, that's another decent matchup as well. Uh, no Expectations is going to take on the Wicked. And then Behavior. So the Anaheim Ducks okay. are going to take on Behavior in their second matchup, which I would think is a little bit easier than their first matchup of the night. Uh, but if again, it's no game, It's got to be a sweep. Like, that one has to be, You have to, to sweep yeah. that series. Absolutely. I would agree. I'm curious to see who the Highlanders get. So the Tropics are going to get helmet the Helmet Boys. Boys. So that's tough. For, they, they've got two matches. I believe the Tropics are taking on Starstruck, correct? Maybe or, uh, team? The Tropics are taking on uh, Anaheim Ducks in the first matchup, I believe. Thanks. They are they are good. I'm not taking anything away from behavior. Um, that's a PSN team, as, as you just mentioned, solid PSN kids. But it's a team that, that Anaheim Ducks Gaming has to sweep. I mean, they're at this point in the season where they have to start beating teams that they should be better than, and and it's push comes to shove here in week five. No, absolutely, they didn't get they didn't do themselves any favors by struggling uh, as much as they did out of the gate. Right. Uh, Helmet boys and tropics uh, behavior you see there. Uh, we've got gabagoons against Romans, and then Highlanders will be taking rips, on okay. rips. All right, so their next matchup. So yeah, that has got to be so dang same I, thing for you. Got to sweep them. That's a Find three a in one night. It, you have to <laughs> yeah, make that a three in one night if you're Highlanders, I think, because then you still have the next night. Uh, we've got hands team and recapture. As I think we're getting down here in the bottom here. So they they definitely so um uh Highlanders definitely went in a decent ram for that or uh, range for them to, to in that second matchup, but we'll see. Uh, we got fully rated against CBJ gaming and that, then we're down into the bottom, but, uh, some decent matchups there, uh, for our next night, interesting matchups for sure. What is the one thing from that schedule reroll Grizz that, uh, stands out to you? Well, I think IGT not playing a team inside the top 12 because they've played every single team inside the top 12 already. I think that's, that's definitely the biggest standout to me. And it's a tribute to the schedule that they've had up to this point in the season. No, absolutely. They they have done they've done phenomenal and they look like in their vintage like NHL 20 form. They've done a really really good job since forming and coming back together um with the same squad. So that'll be interesting to watch and see if they can finish out the season in first place because if you get first place, uh you can probably like you would I would pencil them in for at least the third round at that point if you if they are able to get first place. I think it's very important in a format like this. Uh, to give yourself the best advantage for as long as you possibly can. Um, and again, it'd be pretty big if Olympia doesn't get first. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I agree. And, uh, you know, so are you leaning any kind of direction just yet for, you know, week five, we're probably going to cover uh, teams that are fighting for that playoff spot, not inside that top 10 that are kind of like already sealed their fate. Is there any matchups that you want to see already? Or do we still have to have that discussion? Well, I think I think the Ducks are a team that you you know I mean if they split that first series of the night, then it makes their second one like again they don't have gimmies, right? And it, it's um, uh, now you're at a point where they, they just lost three in a row. Where after they they look to finally right the ship, but they have to go three and one probably uh, to solidify their spot. However, they do have the added bonus that not many teams are going to pick them. So um, they've just got to make sure they get in, which I do think they will, but nonetheless, also delusions. Shout out to Nuge. Uh, you know, it's fun to see. It's or not, it'll be interesting to see how far they can get as well, because I think that's a decent squad. Um, but yeah, some of those ones are on the outside. 
I want to see the Highlanders make it be a good story. If, if Bob Jones comes in net and they end up, you know, going on a run, um, Jonesy always- can steal a series too, man. I mean, that's not a gimme. Even if they're playing a good team in round one, Bob Jones has been uh, seen to steal series, but he's also been seen to let in some, some squeakers as we know that uh jumpy Jones does make an appearance every once in a while. Yep. We will see how that plays out here, uh, but we're going to take uh, just one more break guys. And we we'll back with some hockey talk from the sharks and around the league. And then we've got an interview with wheels coming a little bit later on, but guys don't go anywhere. We'll hear from our sponsors real quick. And we'll be right back. guys welcome back again we're gonna talk some sharks and nhl uh, i just want to talk quickly about the sharks recently because uh they did have back-to-back w's over the kings and again they've had a pretty disappointing season i'm not gonna lie uh things haven't really gone their way injury wise for a team that's that's really relying upon their top end talent carlson did just get back and the team looked way different um just uh, a couple of great wins against la who's had a phenomenal season like all of their prospects and the and and the way that their team has gone has just done very, very well in a wide-open Pacific division. And, man, how about the Knights? Dude, the Golden Knights with Eichel have not been all that impressive. Four and nine. Could you, dude, could you imagine the Golden Knights get Eichel? Eichel moves over, and, every, and he thinks everything's great, and now they don't make the play. Could, um, I mean, I don't think that. They're in danger. It, it would still take, you know, a pretty big effort from the teams below them to make it. But, I mean, man, I, I don't want to move on from the Sharks yet, though, because you did mention Eric Carlson coming back and – Carlson without the long hair is looking like vintage Carlson with the long hair. And you want to talk about maybe the expectations for next season if he's able to stay healthy. And I'll preface that with saying before Carlson was injured, the Sharks looked like they could be a wild card team. Do you think that's the expectation for next season? Uh, next season, definitely with Eklund coming back over and potentially another high pick here. I have no idea how the rest of the season is going to go. They are They have got to go on a run. Uh, and with the trade deadline coming up and, and the hurdle situation kind of looming over uh, the franchise, there's I feel like they should probably sell. And even if they don't, I think that the only way that they would go on uh, enough of a run would be to buy. And the team is just not in a position to do that. So it would be pretty miraculous. However, yeah, I mean, Carlson has been injured. He lost 15 games this season uh, and he's really been injured every single year. He's been a shark, but he looks phenomenal right out of the gate. Um, it looked like not quite Norris Carlson from the Sens, but really no one in the last 20 years has looked like that. So, um, but yeah, he has looked really good it, it, immediately in that first game against LA over the weekend. He had a couple goals that were just phenomenal feeds. Uh, really fun to see him excel. Um, obviously, he's got such high expectations with that contract, and obviously that's fair. But um, you know, he's always going to be expected to score 80 points, which just isn't really going to be realistic now. But uh, so, he so has before, looked really good. Before we move on, uh, let's talk about the hurdle situation a little bit. What would you, as a Sharks fan, 
like to see the return be should they move on from him? And where would you like to see him go? Uh, well, I wouldn't like to see him go anywhere. He has been one of my favorite players since he was drafted. I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, everyone knows that four-goal game, six games into his career. Uh, and ever since that, he's been one of my favorite favorite players that the Sharks have ever had. And I would hate to see him go anywhere, to be honest with you. A lot of people say Boston, and, and which kind of is a decent fit for him. I would just love to see him be a Shark. Obviously, they have some cap relief with um, you know a, a certain uh, removal of a contract this season. So there is there is enough room for him, but this team has a lot of long-term deals uh, that I don't really know is going to allow them to go that route. But if they are committed to not rebuilding entirely, I don't see why you wouldn't just sign hurdle because anything that they right. get back in return is not going to be what he would get. I would expect at least a first um, and a, and a decent prospect, like a, a pretty blue chip prospect. And um, I'm just not sure how that would go. I mean, um, that again, I think the Bruins could facilitate that pretty easily, but we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, the outdoor game that happened over the weekend. Uh, you uh, do enjoy your Sabres. So let me uh, get your thoughts on on that game. Yeah, so uh, Avs fan first, but growing up in Buffalo, you kind of get latched on to the hometown team and uh, got to support the boys as well. It was nice to see them get a win over the Leafs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about the Matthews suspension a little bit. Without getting too much into the weeds, do you agree with the suspension? There there has been some, you know, people that say, oh, well, this guy wasn't suspended. This guy was suspended. Uh, more of that consistency thing. Do you think that it warranted a suspension? Oh, uh, 100%. I, I think it did. Like, I, I'm more surprised that he actually, that they gave him one. But, yeah, I, I'm, uh, uh, that, that is definitely a suspendable thing. I uh, can't do that. Can't, can't, can't cross check a guy in the head, especially this day and age. Like it's just not acceptable to be honest with you. Um, and really kind of out of character for him. I mean, obviously the frustrations that man, they just can't get a safe. Right. Uh, their goaltender situation is, is awfully, uh, awfully shaky for a team that's got to get out of the first round this year. And they have an offense that is just absolutely loaded. Mm -hmm. um, so if you, it, it, I mean, for a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of it really mimics what the sharks went through from like 2010 ever post Nabokov all the way um, until last year, essentially is their team was always so good. They just needed a goaltender to be mediocre. They just need someone to right. be average. Um, and that's all every game. <laughs> yeah. That's all that, you know, that's all uh, the Leafs need. And, Man, it is uh, Campbell. Uh, Campbell's looked phenomenal early on in the year. In the mid part, I believe December, he was incredible. But man, there were some goals that Morazic let in in that in that Heritage game that you would just have to save. And you know, maybe that just boiling over. Matthews is you know sick of it. You know, just kind of lost it with a scrum in front. But you know, we'll have to wait and see uh, how that how that kind of rebounds. What's your um, expectations for the Leafs? Hear what your expectations so for the, the Leafs? Leafs. I mean, they're every every season they have you know a top five roster. They have the offense that should be able to propel them past the first round at least. And they they had some deadline acquisitions last season that I thought were going to put them over the top. Same. Um, they the, the year prior, they made a big move for Muzzin. I thought Muzzin was a great fit for what that team needed. They already had Riley, who was that offensive guy. Now you get Muzzin, the big aggressive guy who can shut down someone and, and be that big body in playoffs. They also went out and got a couple other guys uh, in Wayne Simmons, who I thought was going to be a, a bigger impact than he was. Uh, from the Sabres, but you know, it's, it's one thing where they just, they cannot figure it out. Jason Spezza was arguably their best player in playoffs last season. And that can't happen. One goal between Matthews and Marner in a seven game series cannot happen. Matthews is your goal scorer. Marner needs to find a way to set things up in playoffs and it hasn't happened. 
And I think they really have to lean on those guys. And when push comes to shove, you can argue about not having depth scoring, but depth scoring doesn't matter if your top guys are also not scoring. And now they don't have goaltending at the moment either. Since January, both goaltenders under 900, that's not going to get it done come playoff time. No, absolutely. I I know a little thing about under 900 goaltending of the last few years as a Sharks fan. So uh, definitely frustrating when the team is playing well outside of that. Um, that being said, Colorado made a move. Want to touch on real quick as they get Manson from the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, man, their defensive core when everything's healthy, uh, which has been an issue for Colorado. Uh, this looks like their best shot at a cup or yeah. at least a cup appearance. And you would have to think eventually McKinnon's very team-friendly deal is going to come up, and that is going to drastically change that franchise. So their best shot at the cup is, is probably right now. Um, did you like that deal? Like, do you think that that, that is fair to say? I, I do like that deal because they need depth. Gerard needs a good, bigger body to play next to. That's a little bit faster than Eric Johnson, uh, who has seen better days, but is still, you know, a solid depth guy. They did bring in Jack Johnson, who scored in his first game, but uh, Jack Johnson, not really somebody you can rely on. Uh, so to bring in that type of depth and when you already have Makar and Devon Taves, who are arguably the best defensive pairing in the NHL offensively and defensively, I mean, you add in a depth player at 50% retained contract. It's a great deal for them when uh, had he been traded two years ago, we might be talking about a first and a better prospect as opposed to a second and, you know, an, an OK prospect. So a uh, good deal for Colorado. I don't think they're done. Could maybe see them going in on a guy like Hurdle or like Giroux. They still have cap space. Landis Scott going on the LTIR. Uh, hey, if you know, maybe they pull a Tampa Bay and they bring in a big name, and this could be the time where they finally get over the hump of the second round. Uh, you know, a lot of people poke fun at, oh, well, you know, the Leafs can't get past the first, but Colorado can't get past the second. Colorado played their third string goaltender in a game seven and went to OT and almost won. So, I mean, no, they, they were right there. No, absolutely. And I think another big thing is I think Chikrin just got hurt for the Coyotes. And he he looks like, yeah, like that was a, I mean, he was, there was a lot of rumors and and a lot of talk about potentially him going to Toronto, uh, but he is definitely going to help out a playoff team. It seems you'd be, you would think, and uh, him getting hurt is uh, definitely kind of throws a wrench in the works there and what he's going to get as a return. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch as well. But guys, we've got an interview with wheels coming up, up, We are going to take just one more quick break to get that set up. And uh, don't go anywhere, guys. Uh, We'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. And we are joined by Wheels. Wheels, thank you for joining us, my man. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me on, boys. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to come on and chat with you guys. No, absolutely. Uh, let's just kick things off here, man. How long? I'm, I've just been. I've, I've, you know, obviously you've got um, a, a pretty crazy story that we're going to get into. But uh, talk to me a little bit. Um, you know, obviously you're watching the the Shark Pacific Cup and 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 playing a lot. When did you uh, get into you know playing on uh, the Sixes scene a little bit more? And, and how did you come about joining League Gaming specifically? Yeah, so I started playing uh, NHL and NHL 20. Um, just playing drop-ins and whatnot 
trying to get uh, better with my buddies and they told me to go net because I was atrocious at skater <laughs> um, and kind of found my spot there and uh, just been working my way up ever since. Um, a guy uh, that plays LG um, found me in a drop-ins one day and he asked if I knew what LG was and uh, I had no idea. So uh, I signed up and started in the C and uh, we've worked our way up to the end. So, so wheels, let, let's talk a little bit. Let's introduce you uh, to our viewers for those that might not know you and just talk a little bit about your experience, who you are, uh, what happened to put you in the situation that you're in and kind of just, you know, an introductory on, on who is wheels. Yeah. So, uh, I'm a goaltender, virtual goaltender. Um, I used to be a defenseman in real life. Um, had a hockey injury in 2004 where I, uh, went headfirst into the boards behind the net, um, ended up becoming a quadriplegic. So I'm basically paralyzed from the, uh, chin down to, uh, to my toes and, uh, just been grinding, uh, goalie ever since. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, I'm also a hockey scout IRL as well. So Talk to me about that as a scout. Like, give me give me your experience on what that is. What, what's something that maybe something you specifically look for? Yeah, so uh, our organization puts a high emphasis on smart players, high hockey IQ um, first and foremost. Um, and then then it comes down to your classic things like speed, skill, all that kind of stuff. So, but uh, really the uh, the high emphasis is on getting smart players into the organization. So let's talk a little bit more about how you got into scouting. Uh, following your injury, you wanted nothing to do with hockey for a couple of years. Correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, you didn't want to be you didn't want to be near the ice. You didn't want to watch the games because you just wanted to be on the ice, but could not. So you want to talk about how you got into scouting and and what it took to get over that hump and realize that you still want hockey to be a part of your life. Yeah. So I spent two years in the hospital after my injury, um, just recovering and whatnot. And uh, I was just jealous of everybody that got to play the game I loved. Uh, I was chasing the NHL dream like most kids. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, it took a bad turn there. And um, I, I just, uh, I was really angry. I uh, had a lot of self-pity, self-doubt, uh, embarrassment going from uh, an athlete to being paralyzed. Um, so it took a long time to heal. And then uh, eventually I started watching hockey again on TV and whatnot. And uh got the bug back and I started scouting at home and with friends just uh just for fun writing reports and whatnot and then uh, I ended up getting an interview in the WHL and um I got hired and uh been with the organization for six seasons now yeah that's an incredible story my man uh props like that that's just a um you know like I mentioned in the in the intro just a, a crazy story and uh you know again thank you for, for hopping on with us but let me let me ask you this what's your what's your favorite team now to watch what did is it the same one that you had as a as a kid or unfortunately I'm a lifelong Oilers fan it's a lot of suffering <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough uh, let me ask you this what was uh, you know, you're not, you're, 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 you're younger than me. I believe what's your favorite Oilers moment. Uh, 2006 Stanley cup finals, obviously. Um, yeah, right, it's yeah. also one of the worst moments though, because we blew it, but, uh, <laughs> it, it's, that was an awesome run. We barely snuck into the playoffs that year. We made a couple trades at the deadline, got, uh, roll us in and we got rolling and, uh, snuck in as the eight seed, uh, and then like just took it to the finals and it, it was heartbreaking for a young young wheels <laughs> let, let me tell you as you knocked out Mahalik in the second round as my me as a young sharks fan it was not an enjoyable <laughs> watching that run but no that makes a lot of sense yeah so let's talk a little bit uh wheels maybe about um the void that gaming has filled for you and 
uh, not being able to compete. You you said that, you know, it took you a little bit to get over that hump and uh, then you fell in love with scouting and, and kind of getting that portion of the game. But let's talk about specifically what gaming has done for you post injury and and how it's helped you find a way to compete again. Yeah, so basically getting into gaming, uh, I never thought I'd be able to compete at the level I'm competing at now, um, obviously, but uh, I just got into gaming to get the competitive juices flowing again, because you you lose that when, you be, when you're an athlete your entire life, um, and then you become paralyzed. You're, you're not really involved with a team anymore, team aspect. Uh, so gaming's just uh, opened that world back up to me. Um, get the competitive juices flowing, hop on the mic with the boys, uh, share a bunch of laughs, share heartbreak, share glory. It's, it's awesome. It gets the, uh, gets the competitive juices flowing again. So, and that's, that's awesome to hear that, that you're, that, you know, you're able to find it with that. And, uh, definitely tournaments like this, like offer, you know, that, that competitiveness that you, that you're talking about. Let me ask you this. All right. You've been following, you've, you've been following NHL esports for quite some time down the 16. Who is your favorite right now to win the shark specific cup? I got to go with my boys on Isles GT. They're a well, well-oiled machine. I've scrimmed with them in the past when Shekel was on holidays. I know how they play. Every single player on that team is a great guy and an even better competitor. So I got to go with them. And uh, you guys mentioned it earlier. Their strength of schedule is unreal, and they're still sitting in first place. So, All right, so maybe uh, one or two more questions for you. don't want to take up too much of your time here. But uh, when we were talking earlier, you talked about your ability and your experience experiencing you know, what you went through your ability to help other people also, uh, you know, post-traumatic injury. You want to talk a little bit about the Humboldt situation. You have a, a very good friend that you are close with that was in that Humboldt crash, and you want to just kind of talk about your experience, uh, maybe how you helped them uh, get through some of their injuries and, and people that aren't, you know, can't play the game anymore. Uh, maybe your impact on their life, given your experience. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a way you can help somebody when they're going through that um, other than just offer your support, be there for them to vent to. And um, yeah, so I, I ended up becoming buddies with Jacob Wasserman, who is a goaltender for that team. Um, he's now paralyzed as well. Um, we went to the same physio uh, together, ended up becoming buddies. He's now scouting goaltenders for Humboldt. He water skis. He just recently got married. So he's living a full, amazing life. Um, and uh, that's like that's really all you can do is put one one foot in front of the other, so to speak, when you have an injury like that. So um, I, there's really not much you can do to help somebody other than be there for them and, and just listen if they need to vent, um, if they have questions, if they're because they're going to be experiencing a lot of things for the first time that nobody really has insight into unless you've been through it yourself. So um, I just try to be there for for new injuries. Um, kind of a support system offer my shoulder, whatever they need. So. Well, your story has just been, you know, incredible. You've, you found a way to inspire and touch a lot of other people. Uh, we did talk also about uh, how you play the game a little differently. You have to hold the controller a little bit differently. Do you want to talk about when you started playing NHL, how you were able to kind of figure out what you had to do to be able to compete? Yeah. So um, I don't really even hold the controller. So I play from laying down in bed, um, I rest the controller on my stomach kind of, and then uh, I get my hands placed on the controller. Um, I rest the left stick between my uh, index finger and thumb knuckle, and then kind of drag my arm back and forth to move it. Um, and then I have my uh, middle finger on my right hand that hovers over the uh, the four buttons on top and, and the right stick. And that's how I play goalie. I mean, that is just yes. incredible. And I do have one last question for you. Uh, what is your favorite part of gaming now that you've 
have started to compete, you know, at a higher level and, and you've gotten into LG, into ESHL, what, what's been your favorite part of, of all of this? And maybe, uh, you know, can gaming help other people who have been through traumatic injuries and kind of help them find something to compete for once again? I definitely think gaming's a, a, a good route to go if you want to get the competitive juices flowing again in your life after a traumatic injury. Um, for me, my favorite part's been all the friendships I've made. Um, I have so many friends on top teams in the, in the esports world right now. Um, and basically any top goalie is always there for you if you got any questions or anything. So I've made so many awesome friendships in this community, and that's really been my favorite part of it. That my is man. just incredible, man. Yeah. All right, please take it away, brother. I unbelievable man you are an inspiration my man that is uh just phenomenal to hear your experience and like the dedication and to, to come back and you know find a find an outlet through this and and how well you've done and your impact not just like on the nhl gaming community but you know the impact in, in, in hockey still is just that's incredible my man i want to thank you for for hopping on to, to join me and gris today and you've always got a place if you ever want to come back and uh, and hang out and call some call some biggies with us uh in the future my dude <laughs> I appreciate it, boys. Thanks for having me on. All right, Take guys. We'll, we'll be right back, guys, with the giveaway. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys, again, thank you to Wheels for joining us, man. That is, uh, it's always crazy hearing his story. And uh, like I said, truly an inspiration all the way around there, my man. But uh, uh, being said, um, we've got a WD Black giveaway. And again, shout out to our sponsor, WD Black. They are the sponsor for the Pacific Cup as we are going to give away uh, another awesome prize from them, guys. Exclamation mark giveaway in the chat. Uh, and we are going to, I'll give you about another 15 seconds. Then I'll have Tris pull it. You've got to be here to win it. So we will do the, uh, the whole claim thing. And if we don't have anyone here, uh, we'll, uh, we'll pull back. Hopefully wheels can win. I'm, I'm big, yeah, there I'm he is in fan. chat. That would be I something. I see him in man. chat there. I would, I would be uh, all aboard that one. So, all right, guys, uh, we are good. Kirk says if I don't win, it's rigged. Yeah, it's usually how it, it's how it goes. All right, let's go ahead and, uh, and give her a uh, pull there, uh, Tris. Let's see. Shackle okay. one. Okay. All right. Is All right, Shackle. Are he you here? here, Shack? Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's, he's got to be. He's here. He claimed. <laughs> of he claimed. He is. Okay. Yeah, he is. Aaron Rodgers. First time himself. winner. How about that? We we like to see that. The first time claim. Always yeah, nice. No. I mean, that's that's probably just you know that's his uh, that's his payment for having to stop against like fifteen of the top teams in the game right now. So that must be his, his payment says there. Boo rigged. <laughs> <laughs> Not happy for his teammate. All right, congrats to uh, to my man Shaq. Just message Tristan; he will get you all set up. But uh, any final thoughts? But on our on our uh, going into our final week of the season? Yeah, uh, yeah. I just want to preface it with uh, you know thanking Wheels once again. It was a great opportunity to get to talk to you uh, and kind of let the community in on what you've been going through and how you've been able to you know overcome what you've went through. And uh, yeah, no, for for week five, I think there's a lot of interesting storylines. Uh, you know, the stakes get really high. There's, as you mentioned, there's not much room between playoffs and non-playoffs right now. And there's a good, maybe 20, possibly 30 teams that could interchange between playoffs and, and not playoffs. So uh, certainly going to be a, a great last final week here. 
No, absolutely, my man. It is going to be really fun. Uh, we will be back next week, guys, to talk everything about the final week of the regular season, preface potentially our matchups going to the playoffs. But uh, thank you guys again for uh, for joining us, and we will see you next time. Have a good one.